0: Today, I'm talking to Chris Anthony, Senior Vice President of Northern Markets for One Sotheby's International Realty. Before One, Chris was with Weikert Realtors for about 18 years, and most recently at Weikert, he was the President of the U.S. Capital Region in Washington, D.C., Virginia, and Maryland. Chris came into the real estate business as a real estate agent in New Jersey, where he quickly rose to the top 1% of all real estate agents in the state and was a President's Club and Ambassador's Club winner. Today, at One Sotheby's, Chris is responsible for strategic planning, vision, growth, and performance in over 20 offices from Boca Raton to Amelia Island. Known for driving growth, profit, and creating solutions, Chris and I talk about how to adjust for results. Thank you for listening to the Jerry Metcalf podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. This podcast was created for real estate agents across the country to come together, sharing ideas to take your, their, and our business to the next level. Our episodes are powered by Breakthrough Luxury Coaching and Membership. This is a coaching platform that was created and inspired by Jerry Metcalf Podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. At Breakthrough Luxury Coaching, this is coaching and membership that provides luxury real estate agents community and coaching that create results. To learn more, go to getstarted.breakthroughluxury.com. To get the full story, go direct to the homepage at BreakthroughLuxury.com. There's a letter from me explaining how all of this came together, and this is now launched and a big part and powered by the Jerry Metcalf Podcast. Last but not least, thank you to our sponsors. Thank you, Modern Luxury Magazine, who's been there through the ups and downs and some of the greatest successes of my career as a real estate agent. At Modern Luxury, connection and community define who we are. Modern Luxury is the nation's largest media company, offering leading brands access to the most affluent audiences in the most prominent cities across the United States of America. And lookbooklink.com, thank you for your sponsorship. This is the digital business card, your digital business card, and it's here. To see mine, go to lookbooklink.com forward slash JMP. Create your own with these in minutes. You don't even need your kid's help. And you'll have a custom name and a custom QR code for sharing. It shares not only your contact info, it shares key resources for your prospects as you meet people. Your prospects and people that you meet will not only never lose your information, they'll see right away why to hire and refer you without you saying a word. Go to lookbooklink.com and use promo code JMP123 for 10% savings on every Lookbook link you purchase. And now for the show. All right, everybody. It's the Jerry Metcalf podcast for top real estate agents. Tell how they do it, and today we have Chris Anthony, who is with One Sotheby's International Realty, and you are the senior VP for growth. Or tell us your title exactly
1: for for the northern markets. So basically, the northern uh, markets. I handle everything from Boca Raton all the way up now to Amelia Island.
0: Wow, uh, you guys just expanded into Amelia Island and Jacksonville. So that's we did amazing.
1: Yeah, it's it's it was amazing for us too, and we're we're so excited about, uh, you know, the the merger that we did with First Coast Sotheby's, and now having basically the entire east coast of Florida.
0: That's incredible. You're about yeah. to have all of Florida. I have a feeling, but we're not supposed to interview <laughs> about that today. Um, tell us, as we've got real estate agents listening to us today. I think number one. You've been an agent before. I think every we. For those of you who are listening on the stream and the video, and not the recorded version, the audio version, you might not have heard the intro. But in short, give us a little bit about what your goal is now, and then we're going to go back into how you got into real estate, so we know who we're listening to and what we can learn from you.
1: Okay. What's yeah. your vision and uh, what's
0: your role right now for One Sotheby's?
1: So my role right now is it, 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 it varies a lot. But but ultimately, it's to support our agents. And and you know, I a lot of companies talk about being agent centric and 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 leading with loving the agents. But this company, more than any I've ever been a part of, and 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 it it just it lives that. It, it, we we lead with the heart, and it starts with my and Daniel De La Vega. And yeah. and basically, they hired me to help with the growth through the northern markets because. We've always been insanely strong in, in the Miami and Dade and you know, Dayton, Broward counties. But as we, as we went up, we were just trying to grow more through Palm Beach County and all the way up now through Amelia Island. So they hired me last June to come in and help them with growth, with mergers and acquisitions, um, agent support, helping the managers you know hit on all cylinders. So ultimately, I guess in my life, I've always been a coach. So I I I coach at a high level, um, I lead at a high level, and I I just kind of am there to to facilitate, you know, to help the agents facilitate and and, and grow and and become incredibly, uh, I guess, to become mega agents.
0: So, as someone who was an agent before, what I find what I find fun to explore is you were, as an agent, it's a smaller world; it's you're focused on clients and deals. But when you Absolutely. lead a big company, you've got to take in you've got to see a lot of big picture. And see a lot of big picture, you see success of a lot of real estate agents, which takes it back to how much more you even know now about being a successful agent than yeah. you ever did before. And by yeah. the way, side note for everyone, you brought a cup co- I think you brought before the company you're with before, you brought them to number one in New York in New Jersey and to number one in DC.
1: Yeah, so I well I in New Jersey. I you know I started my career there. I I moved to New Jersey. I didn't know anybody in New Jersey, and I decided you know I'm going to become a real estate agent with no network whatsoever. Um, but I had a sales Love background, a marketing background, advertising. I did sports marketing and advertising, and I won't bore you to death with that. But I learned how to build relationships and how to network with people, and I think that is why I was able to build my real estate business so quickly moving to New Jersey. But ultimately, I I when I did that, I really quickly, I I became one of the top 1% in the state of New Jersey with my company um, in in sales, and um, grew my business quickly. And and, and I went from a beginner in 2000, the end of 2002 into 2003, to two years later, I was the top agent in in an office of 120 agents and really built up quick. But ultimately, I think my brain works in a way where I always want to kind of undo the curtains and see what's behind it like what's what the motor is behind it and for me I wanted to learn every aspect of the business and that's what led me into becoming a managing broker and then a vice president of the company and I was with the same company for 18 years um, and 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 loved loved the 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 culture and everything but I always wanted to grow that way and and you mentioned something before Jerry about Um, When you're an agent, you're serving your clients and and, and you're a lot more local. And big Mm -hmm. picture for me, the the shift that came in my brain, and and, and I think the way that I was able to build my career and, and lead different regions and different companies, is you quickly learn when you're in leadership that your client switches. Your client, when you're an agent, is your buyers and sellers. Your client, when you become a leader and you're in a leadership role at any real estate company, my clients are my agents. So I had to make that shift in my brain and I had to realize, okay, what do I do to just to help them in any capacity, build and build and build. And I, I I'll go way back to when I was a teenager, I was really big into martial arts and sports, but especially in martial arts. And I would coach in martial arts. And it was the same thing. You just have to know strengths and weaknesses. And then when you find the weaknesses, you have to build them up. And then you accentuate the strengths and it's, I've been doing the same thing since I was a teenager, just helping people kind of get out of their own way and, and maybe guiding them up the path and maybe 5% of, of someone's success could be uh, a testament to me, but the 95% is the hard work and that's what they do. You know?
0: Yeah. I love that. So basically learn it's about learning and growing. You love pulling back the curtain and seeing kind of the mechanics of how everything works yeah. And then I love how you said, know your strengths and know your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Know how to enhance what's weak or work on it. Well, to work on what's weak, or there's a lot of words for that one. I'll pause yeah. on that. And then enhance your strengths or fit yeah. or, or grow your strengths as a person. And by the way, that, this probably ties back to that weakness side, but get out of your own way. Yeah. So, like, I would love to hear from you, and I know you're going to tell me anyway. But as someone who's got so much perspective in this business, you've been an agent and you've been a top agent and I find it interesting that you gave that up because a lot of people just want to manage and learn. And now look at where you are leading the top brokerage and luxury brokerage. I mean, we could go yeah. on about how amazing one Sotheby's International Realty is. So in doing that, what have you learned? Take it back to just a real estate agent. And then I want to learn about the business, but about a real estate agent, yeah. what is the difference between who makes it and who doesn't?
1: Wow. You know, that's a great question. And, and it's something that I'm asked almost daily. And I always say it's, it, it's a couple of things. I think you have, to, you have to know how to network and talk to people. But even more important than that, and, and, I, and I'm thinking back on your podcast that you did with MaE, and, and one of the key things that she said was, you have to know how to listen. And I think that is, is a huge statement. As salespeople, as consultants, whatever you want to t- call yourself, we have a, a genuine capacity to talk more than we do listen, right? And I think if you can listen and if you can almost gauge yourself back and hold yourself back and make yourself really listen to needs and wants of your clients and, and, and talk in a genuine way where you're really interested in people and you try to find out deep down more so than just that basic transaction, what is it that they want? What is, what is the perfect scenario for them? if you can sit back long enough to, 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 to take that in on any type of consultation that you're doing with people, you're going to gain a wealth of knowledge. And that's, I think, what I do really well in my life. And, and, and yes, it takes longer to sit back and, and, and hear somebody's entire story or their life story or anything. But, but at the end of the day, I think that's what will help you be way more successful. So you listen. You, you, you speak properly to people, and you kind of, as I'm listening to somebody's issues or what a roadblock might be for them, I'm in my head thinking, okay, here's a solution, here's a solution, here's a solution. But the entire time listening, too, I take notes, I take feverish notes when I talk to people because I want to know and I want to remember every point. Then I go back and I almost cycle it through my brain and brainstorm a little and say, all right, here's some things you could do. But to answer your question, um, I would say listening speaking properly to people. Networking is huge, especially in this brand. It's, 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 it's amazing, our network that we have. Um, and then I think the one thing where, where most agents fall off and, and leave the business is they lack follow-up skills. And I Ooh. think that is probably a number one on that list because you can do all those other things incredibly well. But if you don't follow up properly and the way that the client wants you to follow up, you're dead in the
0: water. Mm. Listen, watch how you speak to people, tap into your network and follow up properly. And the common denominator of all of those things that you just said is the client or the prospect. Yeah. It's not about like, we always go, well, what, you know, it's always like when you're listening, it's actually like asking yourself the questions about what they're trying to say when you're speaking, how does this actually sound to them? Not me. Am I hearing yeah. myself way too much? And networking, what is your network and how does it how does it influence and bring something to the table actually for the client? Yeah. And when you follow up with people, well, yeah, you all the books say do it this way, but what is the experience on the other end of that? Yeah. Now, as you're building tools and you're building this company that is already so amazing. Your job's not that hard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shh,
1: don't don't, don't okay. say that too loud.
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding. So,
1: I, I have a lot of tools in my in my tool belt. Let's say that, right?
0: So your job basically is to empower people to do that. Like a lot of it's like just what you do. Like you got to listen. You yeah. got to look at. And in the speech, I'm going to side note on that. I always think I just read excellence like twice by Horst Schultz. I think I said his name right. Sorry, Horst. If I didn't, who ran Ritz Carlton. And with COO, and that's one of his big things is they actually had, this is how we speak to people. Like never say hi, it's hello. And when someone's within 10 feet of you, or I think it's nine, you speak and you say hello. And then a formula to even get their name. And then my pleasure, it's not your welcome. I mean, they have a whole list of that's the way you communicate. And you communicate that with that for the client's experience. So back to you in looking at the tools and things that you do as, as an agent, you know, I want to load this up with questions and you go where we can learn from you, but okay. how do you know what to do? How do you set things up to help people be successful? And how did you figure this all out in the first place? Any stories you can share of like, this is my aha. When I was like, yep, this is it.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I was, I was fortunate enough to, um, I, in transitioning careers. Um, I had, I, I had, uh, put myself in a position where I could jump. At, first of all, uh, let me rewind. I grew up in a little town in upstate New York. My my mom was a single mom. I was the youngest of five kids. Um, and and my mom was in real estate. Um, she put herself in real estate out of need. When my, when my parents split, she said, all right, I've got to make more money. I got to jump in. I've got to do something. And we joke around because I think her average sale price back in the day was like $70,000. <laughs> that, no. that was the cost of the house. So, so she saw some of the, you know, the big ticket items I was doing at the beach in New Jersey and she was like, Christopher, oh my God. (laughs) You know, so, but I, I, I saw her do that and subconsciously something in the back of my head always made me like gravitate to real estate. So I always loved real estate. I always loved architecture. And in fact, before I was even licensed, I started buying, I was living in Boca Raton, Florida. And I was visiting um, New Jersey and I would go to these little beach towns and they had these like duplexes on the beach block that were $180,000 back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And they were renting out for like $2,500 a week in the summer. And I'm pretty good with math. And I was like, hmm, that seems like a really good investment. So I bought one and then I bought another and then I I partnered with somebody. And at, at one point we owned probably, I don't know, nine or 10 houses and and, and you know what the market did going into the early 2000s and then 2005, it was just amazing. But, but I said to myself, as I started doing more and more houses, and every check I cut when I was flipping houses or whether I was, you know, whatever I was doing, renting them out, I was like, oh, there's a lot of money they made there. There was a lot of money they made there. And then, but not knowing all the work that went into it. And I remember my mom having meetings and everything and and going on listing appointments. And I would, she'd pick me up from football practice and she'd say, oh, Chris, we have to stop really quick, just at this house really quick to get some contracts signed. And I'd be in my uniform and like, uh, like waiting on my mom and she'd come out with contracts all happy. So I, I, I think about that sometimes and I'm like, wow, my life has come like, you know, tenfold, but it's neat to me. But, but ultimately when I, when I think back about that. I think about, all right, I made a jump when I moved to New Jersey from Florida. And I said, I'm going to throw myself into real estate for one year. If it doesn't work out, I can always go back into marketing and advertising. I was an hour and 20 minutes from Philly and an hour and a half from New York City. And I'm like, all right, it'll be fine. I sold my first house. And, and, and the check didn't mean anything. It was uh, whatever it was, a few thousand dollars. but But it wasn't about that. It was about the relationship that I built with this young couple, who, by the way, I'm still very good friends with. Um, they, they, they had no children at the time. Now they have two beautiful kids. Um, and we, I cultivated this relationship. And, and the irony of it, they were my very first clients. And since then, in my, in my career as an agent, they've probably referred 15 different people to me. So they were, they were like like A-level, the best of the best clients. But that was my first experience with selling a house. And then I, I I went on and I, my price point went up and everything, but as in my long winded way of answering your question,
0: I love everything about this
1: business. I I really do. I, I I literally, I eat, sleep and breathe real estate. I, I, I go to the gym and people know what I do. And they ask me, Hey, what do you think of this market? It's crazy. Is the bubble going to burst? Is this going to happen? Is it, you know, And, and it takes me probably three hours to do a one hour workout usually, but, uh, but I love that because I get to talk to people. I get to educate people on markets and what we're doing and, and all the incredible things that my company is doing. So, so I, I don't even know if I'm answering your question properly. You
0: are. That is I'm, good. Yeah, I keep think going. I'm just
1: geeking out on telling you how much I love you this industry. Yeah.
0: Well, no, yeah. but that's what we need is your perspective on and yeah. look at what you've done. So you're somebody yeah. who came in. You went up to yeah. you were top agent immediately. Mm -hmm. But you got into both. Well, not immediately. It
1: it took me a year of a lot of grunt work. I I committed to doing an open house every single weekend for an entire year. So I did, you know, 50 plus open houses that year um, because I didn't have that network and I needed to get in front of people. And I knew that face to face, I was good with people. I wasn't the kind of guy who was going to bang out 100 phone calls a day. It just wasn't my thing. I, I was like, I wanted to build relationships and I wanted to talk to people face to face. So I said, what better way to meet people that are actively looking for houses than do open houses? So I built my business, my career, God, almost 20 years ago that way. And then it just built from there and it just kept going. And I branched off and I became a waterfront specialist. And then I had a small team before teams were, you know, the buzzword in real estate. Yeah, And it just, it, and, and I, used to, I used to use my network. I, I had a, a company that, that was all over the tri-state area. And I would go, I would, I would bring donuts to a, to a 9 a.m. meeting two hours north in, in New Jersey, right near the city. And I would talk to them about, you know, why come all the way down to the beach in New Jersey and try to sell a house down there in a market you don't know. Refer everything to me. I'll give you a 30% referral, not a 25% referral. And I built this, this, this referral network that became relatively big. And I think that's what really put me on the map because I did things that were unusual things to do, and I marketed to other agents, even sometimes even more so than to my buyers and sellers, because I knew that they had there were so many people in North Jersey and New York and Pennsylvania that wanted beach houses, I became that guy to refer to. So that's how I built my career in my first year there, and then it just perpetuated and went from there, and it comp- compounded, I should say.
0: So. Basically, what that makes me think of is a video that we just went out. I don't know how old it is, but Elon Musk I love Elon Musk, so anyway, how can you that? <laughs> exactly. So he has a video and he says he says in the video, because remember everybody, he started a whole new line of cars in his own business when it was literally said to be impossible, and not only was it said to be impossible, it was said to be impossible to actually create an electric car. And if it was going to happen, it wasn't going to happen for maybe a century, and yet he did it in a few years. So anyway, that guy, we all know who he is, but that just the relevance of him. And Mm -hmm. he says on this little video about five seconds long, he says, or maybe 15, he says, when you go into an industry, he said, when you're in an industry, if it's new and different, it's easier. But if it's an industry where a lot of people, like being a real estate agent, he doesn't say that part, doing it, you've got to be outstanding, You've got to be Amen. the best. You can't if yeah. you're if you're like if you're you can't be a little bit better. You've got to be a lot better. Yeah. And when you're a lot better, then that's how you succeed. And that's the gist of it. I'll share the link with this podcast. I'll share it on this.
1: Please podcast. do. And and, and and I'll, and, I'll text and, and I, it to
0: you. I have it uh, on hand. I'll text <laughs> it to you when we hang up.
1: And, and you know it's funny. I think you and I share a brain. And we're you know last time we spoke, I I, I, I saw that too. But it's. I, I say to people when I'm coaching, you know, what's your differentiator? What differentiates you from the masses? I mean, you can't, I could throw a stone right now and probably hit six real estate agents and I'm not even in the office. So 20, it's 20, it's 20 right. right. But, but what, I differentiates can think of hundred. Yeah. 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 But, but, but the biggest thing is, and I, and I, you know, I have a, a you know, I, I always say there, there's gotta be something that's going to separate you from the herd and, and, And what makes you special or what makes you unique? You know what I mean? And I always say, you have to be authentic. You have to be genuine. And the days of the, and and nothing against this industry. So I almost hesitate to say this, but being a used car salesman or like that pushy sales type, it's gone. The second you try that, what used to be popular and then whatever the late nineties or the early 2000s, it's all taken a paradigm shift change. It's right now I have to be genuine. I have to lead with authenticity and I have to lead with genuine concern about other humans. And, and I've heard you say it on other podcasts about being a good human and and talking to people properly and, and listening and, and, and trying to ultimately do good for humanity. And I, I live my life like that every day. I'm genuinely in a really good mood all the time, as you can probably tell, but I'm a big energy guy. Like I give off good energy and I expect it and hope that it comes back. It doesn't always, but usually it does.
0: Exactly, exactly. And in that, what you made me think of is, this is where I always say this, I've been saying this a lot lately, but it's true. I stole it from Kevin Brown. He's in Manhattan, went on the field team, also with Sotheby's, but he said, I think he said it on the show, um, he says, you know, when you ask people their secret sauce, they can't tell you. So I work yeah. with people and they'll give me this lamest things that makes them special. And it's always different, which goes into identifying really what makes you different. And in yeah. that, what you were just talking about, like you were just talking about back to summing it down to listening to people, speaking to people, building that network and building that follow-up platform to build and grow your business. And then yeah. what you did little things like it's a little more common now, but it's still not done. You would go to other markets and other agents. Most people like agents agents, whatever. That's just my competition. But you go to other agents and you leverage that to show them opportunity. You actually built up your own network, your own own market that you were in, and you were above and beyond the other agents in a big way in your market, just by the way you put yourself in front of people and thinking about how to do that. Yeah. So anyway, that was a little... A lot, but I wanted to make no, sure. No, no, no. But,
1: but, but, you're Jerry. Honestly, you're spot on. And I'm thinking about at one summit we had a, a chief economist there, and and he asked me a question, and I and 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 I had to take pause for a minute. He said, "What's your passion?" And you know, I say that to people sometimes because I'm trying to code. And I thought about, and I think your passion changes at, over the years, right? And I thought about it, and I said, and it sounded a little canned. So he called me out on it. I said, "People." And he goes, ah, come on, be more specific. I said, well, genuinely people. I said, I enjoy conversations. And I, a, a good portion of my day is spent ta- just talking to people and listening to people, kind of what I was saying earlier. But when you do that, and when you lead from a good place, and when you really, like, sometimes everyone has someone in their life who, who can be a negative Nancy or, or, or who can kind of try to pull you down or, or their glasses half empty, whatever you want to call it. But I, I I always play this game on a daily basis. If I if I encounter someone like that, my goal I, I always say I'm not going to let them. I'm gonna I'm gonna be more happy than they are miserable, right? And I always try to lift them up, and I and I don't always succeed, but usually I do. And I think about that every day, and I'm like, that is my passion. I wanna I wanna be an ambassador for this unbelievable company, and and but I I, I want to leave people smiling, and and I think I have a lot of fun every day working and I work crazy hours and I'm on the road a lot. I travel a lot. But at the end of the day, when I lay my head on the pillow, if I can say, Hey, that was a hell of a good day. I made some people laugh. I, I made some people use their brain and think a little bit more. And I genuinely helped people. It was a pretty damn good day. You know?
0: Yeah. Okay. So on that. Yeah. I just wrote it down just for the record and then I'm going to expand on this, but it's listening to people. And being creative, because that's what you are, is creative. And in that, you always look to shine. And it's always asking questions and ones that gravitate to, how can I listen? What can we take of this to make it better, create a great situation? And how can I shine? And I mean, mm. when I say that, how can I help everything we, yeah, around yeah, me shine? Yep, exactly right. I, okay, so now... Now that we've gotten it really clear on how you've been successful and how other agents are successful as we grow as agents, I think there comes a time where there's so much focus on transactions and deals and we get really good at that. But there comes a need to be able to lead and organize. And we've gotten so honed in and driven into each transaction, we're in the weeds. You've got to be able to see the big picture and understand how to work down here, which clearly is what makes you good at you do. What is the big picture and how do you do it now? How did you shift from an agent doing deals. And two things, how did you shift? Mm -hmm. What did you learn? And what is the real difference? How can you describe it or explain it to us?
1: God, great. Really good, really good thought process there. And and there is a shift. It's a huge shift. And, And I'm going to refer back to what I said to you before about coaching. Any really high level, good coach, and, and not that I'm even there yet. I I always feel like I'm 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 always building, and each day trying to get better at that. But but I feel like the shift. And you asked me before, how did I go from a uh, a real estate agent with all the freedom Very in the world making and money? Skills. Yeah, totally different skill set. And not every not every unbelievable. And not that I was. I mean, there's there's thousands of agents out there that are I way more successful than I ever was. Going. But but but. When, when you get to that certain point, there's a lot of agents that have become unbelievable, mega super agents that can't lead. I think the difference is you have to have that shift in your brain like a coach does. There's, there's, there's a lot of high-level athletes that will never be great high-level coaches, but there's some, co- there's some coaches that never even played it down in, in the NFL or, or in Major League Baseball. I think you have, to, you have to put all of your stuff aside, to your point. Shining is like your team shining. It can't be about you. you know, there's, I'm thinking of that, um, that picture where, uh, where, where the, the, the leader is in the back and like yelling and barking at orders and then they shift to the next picture and the leader's right out front leading his troops and, 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 and doing it from the front. That's how I feel like I have to live every day. I have to put all of my own personal stuff aside and try to build up the masses around me. And that's the way that I can kind of have this, and, 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 and there's a unique pride that you have in doing that, because I, I get more fulfilled helping an agent go from three million dollars in production to 10 million dollars in production, or 10 million to 30 million than I ever did selling a big house and making a huge commission check. Not everyone's like that. I, I, I genuinely feel like this sense of pride, almost like a like a parent would, I guess, uh, watching their child, like score a goal or you know, hit a home run. It's that feeling. And it, I think that's in my, uh, again, my long winded way. That's what drives me each day. And that's what I think made me make that paradigm shift. I said, I really like coaching people. And I hope I like to kind of like you do, right? I, yeah. I like to that feeling of, of, of maybe being this much of, of a percentage of, 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 the reason why this person jumped from here to here, if I can be a little part of that each day with multiple people, it's a life well lived, I think. And that's kind of where I've, I'm fortunate enough to be in a position in life where, where that's what I do for, for my living every day. So it's, you know, they say, have fun at what you do and you're, you're not working. And I kind of feel that way. There's days I'm working, (laughs) but but, but most days I feel really good, you know?
0: Well, yeah, it's, just, it's, how, it's it's back to everything we've already said. Listen, speak to people, network, follow up, listen yeah. for opportunities, listen to the problems, be creative, see the opportunity in the problem and shining. And in that, so I'm going back to a little background on you. So you've been, how how long have you been with, you've been with wine for?
1: So I started, uh, Yeah. no, no, only 10 oh, months. Oh, no, no, because it was uh, yeah. COVID.
0: Yeah. 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 I, I okay. started
1: June of, of last year.
0: So before we'd mentioned this but you came in and brought a company to number 1 to a top company. I think was that in two markets or just one?
1: Uh two markets. I I had I had two different big divisions of a company um where in New Jersey I had 20 offices and 12 or 1300 agents and then I was asked to and, and that we 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 grew to the number one region in the entire company and then i I went to the capital region, which is d c Maryland and Virginia, and they were just you know financially not buzzing where they were. They had some unbelievable agents, some unbelievable leaders, but like anything, just needed a little touch up and and just to get polished yeah. a little bit and we made some tweaks and we we you know I think I bring a certain energy in, and that's what i, I and i and i I like to hire good, really incredible managing brokers to help me lead and and then the agents kind of came on board and we, we, we switched, we'd switched some things around and we had a huge turnaround, um, culturally, um, financially, everything you can mention. And, uh, we, we, we brought it up from, from down one of the lower producing regions in the company to one of the top regions in the entire company. So it was, a it was a great run for two years. And then, um, then my, my opportunity with one came and it just, I, I, you know, I use this word every once in a while, I feel like it was serendipitous. It it just, I met, I met Daniel first, uh, Daniel De La Vega, and I saw his vision and his mindset and his, his, really his, his dream of what he wanted for, for, you know, my and Daniel's company. And then I, I I was fortunate enough, the next day we had a quick phone call the next day we had a, a zoom that was supposed to be quick and it lasted, I think over an hour and we were just, it was Ma'i and Daniel and I'm sitting there like pinching myself and trying to have a poker face and trying to pretend I didn't want to be part of that so badly. And then uh, that weekend or it was that weekend or the next weekend, Daniel said, fly down here. And I did. We met for dinner. It was supposed to be a quick dinner because he had these three beautiful young children that he had to get home to. And I think we were at the restaurant for three and a half hours and we closed the restaurant <laughs> because we just wow. kept talking and, and our minds were... You know, he was asking me first, the first two hours were just us talking about life and family and everything else. And then we shifted to business and we just couldn't stop talking. And, and, and I think the next day I had, I had a, I had an offer in my inbox and I just kind of pinched myself and said, here we go, you know, and, and I haven't looked back. And I, I, I say every time I'm in a scenario where I'm talking about how I came to be part of one Sotheby's, I literally pinch myself every day. I, I I have the opportunity to work with Daniel Mai and my my partner in crime, who's who's become literally like one of my best friends is is Seth Kaufman, who's our chief sales officer, and we we probably talk two or three times a day about everything, about life, about about you know our agents and what we need to do next with our marketing and and everything else to just be this juggernaut in the industry. Yeah, even more so. And 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 if that's not enough, we we Seth and I usually golf together every Saturday too. So we we can't get enough of each other.
0: <laughs> so Seth's interview releases right before yours. And Seth is about the subtleties of finding success. And yours, we don't know the name yet, but it's gonna be another <laughs> end of that. But so now I want to go out. in two directions. One is yeah. what is the like when you come into a company or you come into being a leader and you're shifting, it's not as easy as being nice. And, and you know that obviously, what, how do you handle the tough situations? How do you know what to navigate? What's your big advice on, on like getting to the other side of any bad situation, especially in leadership?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I, I have something I say to people all the time. You can never get in trouble for telling the truth. Right. And, and be genuine. I think let's lead with be genuine. Being genuine, it means a lot of things, but, but if you approach tough situations where you're authentic and you're genuine and you tell the truth. Yeah. It's going to get messy sometimes. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes we have to, we have to filter the truth a little bit, but, but every situation has an end. And I, I, I'm famous for saying, and any of my agents will say this to them, They'll say, yeah, Chris says this all the time. There's no problems, only solutions. We know the problem. What's the solution. And I think you just have to drill down. And I, I part of my gig, unfortunately or fortunately is, is all this stuff that escalates, usually escalates to Seth and I. And we have to take care of that. We have to come in and we have to be problem solvers. And we have our agents, our clients on one end. And, and a lot of times we have to get them to understand that, you know, life isn't just black and white. There's a lot of gray area and that's usually where the truth lies. So there's an art and a skill to doing that. Just like there's an art and a skill to saying no, but when it's needed, you know what I mean? So, so it's, I wish I could sit here and describe to you. uh, I've probably got a thousand examples I could give you, but ultimately you have have maybe a seller that's upset. You have, you know, most sellers are happy right now in this market. So maybe you have a buyer that's upset. I can't tell you the amount of times in a week that I get calls from a, a prospective buyer that says, I lost out on this deal and I can't believe it. And I was going over asking price and paying cash. And I have to listen to them and then say, all due respect, there were 10 people in that same scenario going over asking price and paying cash. And a lot of times it's terms. And a lot of times it's, are you going to let the, the, the seller stay in the house for a couple of months while they find their house? And there's a lot of X factors that go into what we do. Again, it goes back to, I, I hate to be a broken record, but everything goes back to listening.
0: Well, what you just said. So most people like there goes that secret sauce that you don't know you have. I'm kidding. You do. But <laughs> Everybody like do a repeat, a replay on the last like 15 seconds of our conversation, because usually somebody calls and they're upset and the response is, well, I'm sorry. That's just how it is. You didn't say it. You certainly didn't say it like that, even though that is what you said. You did not use those words. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that you did that is so valuable is you said back to them their experience. You said a few, a few things. You explain how, yes, a lot of people are going through that too. But you help, You went into a position of perspective, a position of what they're experiencing. And then rather than saying, I'm sorry, go away, just accept my apology, you started saying what the problem might be. The problem is the pathway to solutions.
1: Yeah. It could
0: have been this. It could have been this. It could have been this to help them. Because a lot of times they don't want a lot of people say, well, just get them to be quiet. Just get them away or just offer them <laughs> some money. They just want to yeah. be heard. Yeah. Not only that, but offering here are the problems and not being afraid of them. Because those are the pathways to solutions. That's what I just well was to say.
1: Yeah, and, and you're just and you not just afraid said it a lot of it more eloquently not, than me. <laughs> but in not
0: being afraid, but in not being afraid of it, you don't always see it as well. But that's what yeah. I'm hearing, and the lesson I'm getting from you is like just remember, like yeah. the problems are the pathway to the but, but, and it's
1: Jerry, really well said. And and you know, I, I as you're saying that, I'm thinking to myself and I'm laughing because so many times I've coached newer to the business agents. And they say, you know, I, I, your dialogue's amazing. Like, how do you do it? I've done this thousands of times, I li- literally yeah, thousands of practice.
0: times. So, so yeah. it,
1: it's, it's like anything. It's, it's, you know, pick a friend and have somebody, another fellow top producer. I know people that do 200 million plus a year in volume agents that every single day they start their day role playing with another peer, maybe from LA or, or from New York, that, that is a high level producer. And they talk because they know that all day they're going, to be, they're going to have certain pitfalls. They're going to have certain highs and certain lows. And they talk things out and they practice. And as you know, whether it's a sport or you're playing a, uh, an instrument at a high, high level, if you don't practice, you're dead in the water.
0: And to add on to that, which you just said but didn't say, is when you practice it, you're practicing listening. A lot of people think there's something, if I can figure out what to say, I'll be okay. Uh, No. If you can figure out how to listen, and back to exactly what you said at the very beginning of this interview, listening to people, how I'm speaking to them, that network was in there, and then how you're following up. But in that listening to them and speaking to them, you're listening for the problem, you're identifying the problem, then you're going to the next level we talked about later in the interview about, and I've lost my notes, but I can remember most of it, is being creative. Is being creative, looking for the opportunity and helping them shine so that everyone shines in the situation. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's the very problems in our business that everybody thinks are so awful. that are very things that bring us so much value and why yeah. you bring so much value to every company you touch.
1: Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. That means the world.
0: So what do you think, now that I've pulled all this out of you, is there an experience in life, or is it just in your DNA? Because I can remember being a newer agent, and I was especially being from South Georgia. Like you just want to make everybody happy and just say the yeah. right thing and just get yeah. it to close, and that yeah. backfires. Not not a good strategy. Yeah. You got to understand how to look at the problem, not be afraid of it, address it, turn it into the opportunity, let everybody shine and close. Where did where and how did you learn that?
1: Or- wow. Well, well, it was a lot of you know. there there was a lot of trials and tribulations. It didn't always come easy, obviously. Um, I've always been a a real personal person. I'm, I, I love people up and I do naturally, but what happens is that old saying, right? Don't mistake my kindness for weakness, because when you're overly kind to people, uh, but it's true. I mean, I I don't think I've ever, if I have one real flaw in my, in, in, in my armor, it, it is that that I I do struggle with saying no to people. I've learned how to do it much better in, in in recent years than I did earlier on in my career. But but the reality is when you're too kind to people and when you're too nice to people, sometimes they mistake that. But you give off a certain energy. I, you could probably tell I'm big on energy. I'm big on I'm big on you know you know like loving people up. But the reality is sometimes people mistake that in certain personality and knowing what type of personality you're dealing with is huge. Like if you've ever done the disc profile and things like that, like that, I I, I can't even, anyone that's listening to this, if you haven't heard of the disc profile and you don't know how to read people's different personality traits, please, uh, I implore you. That is one thing that will help (laughs) launch your career. Right. But, but Mm -hmm. I do that a lot, but, but at the end of the day, I say to myself, all right, if I'm, if I'm overly nice and if that's my flaw, so be it, right? But it's it's something that you develop over the years, and 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 I hate saying that because there's there's probably a 24 year old kid out there right now who's listening to this who just got into real estate. It's like, well, I can't. It's going to take me two or three years to get to and that 24 level. 24
0: years of- sounds like a century. The younger you are, the longer it sounds, right? Yeah, it yeah. <laughs> sounds long to me.
1: <laughs> right, right. So it's it's um, f- for me, you know, uh, God. I I could talk about this for hours because it's, 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 it's the life we live. And I just think that, that for me, it's, I've grown into this and and people get your energy and people understand your body language more than anything. And, and although I'm nice, I'm going to be direct and I'm going to, I'm going to be, like I said, authentic and genuine. And I'm going to say, if there's a problem, and and you and I talked uh, before about Mai and how she has this unbelievable knack for being able to, to, to talk to people and get her point across while still being the authentic, beautiful, wonderful human kind. being that she is and being kind. I, I, I think I learn from her. I, I, every time I get an opportunity to sit with her and see the way she uh, interacts with people, I, a little piece of that, I think I, I steal from her because that to me is everything. That's how I, I, I genuinely live my life. And I think people get that when, you, when you're honest and upfront with them, nice and kind, but honest and upfront, people won't take advantage of you anymore. And one of the greatest things, and I, I still remember this as an agent, I got to a point where it was about year two or three in my career, probably year three in my career, where I didn't have to jump and, and, and work with every single person that I met. And it, there's a real satisfaction in being able to say, It seems like you and I might not be gelling perfectly. I'm going to refer you to another agent that I know that I think you might gel better with. That's my way of firing someone. And I used to love that as an agent where I could have the. And and then as you build your career and you can say that to a million dollar or two million dollar buyer or seller, this just isn't working out our relationship. It's almost like it's not you, it's me. And then handing them off to someone else to free up your energy and your peace of mind to go out and do way bigger and way better things. I think about that a lot. Like you choose who you want to work with. And I think when we hire people, we do the same thing. We don't just, we're not one of those brokerages that just hires everyone off the street. You have to have a certain level of success and you have to fit into the culture of our, I say our family, because we really are a family company that makes you come from a much stronger position when you can do that, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what great insight and what great advice understanding that. And then I will say one more secret sauce of yours, I'm picking up on lots of them today, is tone. You have a way of having a tone that is very much confident in charge, but you never, I don't even know the words to use, but there's this inflection of, and it's your energy. It's an inflection. But Chris Voss, one of my favorites, talks about tone and negotiations and the importance yeah. of it's not Cheers. just what you're saying, body language and tone. And mm-hmm. that tone, like especially like your tone is it's ve- it's not pushover. It's very direct, but it's this inflection of and it's not an upward inflection like you're asking a the question. There's something about it that's just, hey, like you see the opportunity in every problem. So, you're not afraid of it. It's not offensive. You stay open and receptive to whatever's coming back. That's what it is.
1: Oh, that's, I, I appreciate that. That means a lot to me that you just said that. And it's, I, I, that, but again, it's just that's an observation. No, thank, no, I, yeah. I I appreciate that. But it's, I, you know, what do they say? 80% is, 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 is the manner of which you say it, not what you say. Right. So, that, exactly. there's a certain confidence in that. And when you do it over and over, that happens too. Yeah. It's, it's, Thanks for so noticing Everybody that.
0: just listen to this interview over and over again so that you can <laughs> yeah. learn the pattern of this of your tone. It's so true.
1: No, but it's you, so you know, honestly though, Jerry, it's and I'm thinking about that. And I I I do certain things in my life to to, to, to be able to be a little bit more calm and in maybe hotter situations. One of them is transcendental meditation. I meditate every day and it's it's and sometimes I fall off like anything else, you know, like going to the gym and sometimes. I'll go a couple of weeks where I, I I eat more pizza than I do go to the gym. But it, it's for me, it's like when I, I know that I can go to a place for 15 minutes and meditate. And no matter how bad the world around me seems, I can get to a really good place and then come right back and be ready to rock. And, and, and it's like, you know, uh, Tony Robbins talks about like changing your state instantly. Yeah. And that's what meditation does for me. It, it allows exactly. me to kind of Even if I just had a terrible meeting or I had a seller that was telling me that, you know, they want this, that, and the other and yelling at me or an attorney or I get involved in a lot of legal situations, I have to kind of diffuse those things too. It helps to be able to go to a place for a couple of minutes and then come back on a fresh brain, right?
0: Well, what I hear in that is you're grounded. It's in everything. It's not a reaction to everything else. It's a place of being grounded and understanding and assessing situations. So you can come yeah. from doing the right thing back to genuine and authenticity. Like truly. Yeah. Not like it's a all tied together, right? Authentic. Being genuine and authentic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. One big question. And then we're going to do the quote final three questions. But we got, I've got this one big question for you. It is, in your entire career, what would you say has been your biggest lesson and or aha about our industry of residential real estate brokerage. And then that means agent or broker, like company. Just Is this industry. the part where
1: I ask you to pause the video because I got to think of something really good? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Okay. You know, <laughs> man, you know, our, our, our industry has changed so much. Even, even over the last five years, think about it. Like I've been in this... I can't believe it because I still picture myself as like this 30-year-old guy. I'm not anymore. Uh, exactly. But, but our our industry has changed completely. Go from the splits that the agent. I remember starting in this business and I was on a 50-50 split until I did this much business. And then I was lucky if I got to a 55 percent split and then a 60%, you know what I mean? Yeah. So margins, margins has shifted, ha- have shifted in, in the agent's favor. God bless the agents. That's fantastic. I think about all, like I said, I like to look behind the curtains. So how does a brokerage run and what do you do and how does it, so you have to have all these different assets available and all these different arms of, of real estate, whether it's mortgage and title and insurance. But, but one of the ahas for me was just making sure that all my partners that I work with, especially as an agent, but even, even more so now, you know, uh, helping to lead a company, we have to make sure that all of our different arms that of, of people that we recommend and people that we refer are A-level producers like us, right? Like I can't, I can't run at hundred miles an hour if all the people I'm recommending are running at 10 miles an hour. It, it just doesn't work, it will implode. So one of the things I, and I don't know if this is answering it perfectly for you, but one of the things I learned early on was make sure that the people around you, that your team runs at the same rate that you run. If that makes sense, right?
0: Oh, that's great advice. That's it's, great advice. Much needed, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I think that when you have that system where everyone's like, you know, it's, it, it's why, and not to give another sports analogy, but I'm a dumb jock at heart. Oh, but I, I, love it. I, yeah. I, I, I think about I think about the best teams, whether it's baseball or basketball or football or, or any team sport, the best teams are the ones that practice really, really well together at a high level so that they know game day is just like a celebration of what they've done all week, right? I think about that when I'm on a listing presentation. I think about that when I'm putting a contract together. I think about that when I'm building a team around me and I say, all right, I want the best of the best. And Maie and Daniel think about that every day. We talk, every Tuesday morning we have a call, Daniel, Maie, myself, Seth, and Vanessa, and we all all talk about what makes us better. And we're pretty damn good already. But we talk about what can, how do we improve? How do we take just a little bit of a, a leap forward? And how do we get better each and every week? And my and Daniel have an expectation that we're working towards that all week. And if we don't show up on Tuesday morning on our Zoom meeting with some good ideas about how we've better, shame on us, quite frankly. Oh, wow. So it's, it, yeah. there's an expectation. When you, when you run with the best, you become the best, right?
0: I, that's the biggest, like right there, run with the best yeah. and you become the best. I've found a lot of agents, but when I was an agent would ask me what company you go to or what I thought. And I just said, who do you want to be when you grow up?
1: Yeah. Where are the well people said.
0: that you want to be when you grow up?
1: Yeah. That's where I'm you I'm still trying to grow up by the way.
0: Well, me too. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. I'm going to sum that up too, because it's so good, but it's basically, you brought it right back home to your network and right back home to be we I've we said this, I think it was actually on Seth's interview. We talked about be around who you want to be. I don't think we said when you grow up. I think we use different language, but the same thing. But who yeah. do you want to be? Be around those people because that's going yeah. to make the difference. And who you want your yeah. clients to be? Be around those people. And yeah. then in the team aspect of that, it's being with those people, being in cadence with them, getting in sync with them at a high level, the level you want to be. And then you brought it right back home to one more place and asking questions and the right questions. And the question in this case was what makes us better and what's going to make us better this week and the next week and the next week and the next week. Well said. Yeah. Final three. What is, if there's one resource or tool that you've had in your career that you would say is most responsible for your success, what is it?
1: One resource or tool. Um, Oh, gosh. You know, I, I'll answer it two ways if you don't mind.
0: Absolutely. My, natu- Please, my, 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 my,
1: my natural response is it's, it's, it's this. It's, it's making eye contact with people. It's talking to people. It's loving people up. And it's, it's letting them understand that, A, A, I know the market like the back of my hand. B, I really want to help you get to the end of this. But, but that's almost a little too generic. But, but but it's true. I mean, it's be authentic, be genuine. everything we've talked about. but if you if, if you're looking for a specific tool, and i'm I'm looking more on the buyer side of a transaction, it would be doing having a, a a knock their socks off buyer consultation that you do each and every time when you meet somebody. And I say that for a reason because I see people, especially now in a total seller's market, I see people running around every day, showing 20 different houses, writing contracts all the time, losing out on those contracts. And it drives me crazy. If I had hair, I'd pull it out. I, I literally, I, I literally. <laughs> Maybe I, you I, did. I pulled, no, kidding. Yeah, sorry. I did. <laughs> no, and I'm so
0: sorry. Yeah. Anyway, I'm but, so having fun. But,
1: but I, I've, I've pulled agents in after seeing frustration. I literally have seen people, agents with smoke coming out of their ears are so frustrated in this type of market on the buyer side and i and i say to them and I, I preach this have you done a buyer consultation and they're like well you know we didn't have time because they wanted to meet at the property and we didn't have time because you know they're only in town they're flying back to manhattan tomorrow so they they want they had a list of 11 houses they wanted to see so i met them at the first house and and i say so basically you're a key holder is what you are you're 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 there to open doors and 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 hope to heaven that that they like one of them enough to put an offer in. And then you hope that they understand the state of our market and that, no, you can't go in 10% under ask and, 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 and not put down, you know, a pint of blood and a lot of money. Right. So, so I pull people back and I say, let's start over. Let's start this whole process over. The next time this client is going to see a house, they're going to come to the office first. They're going to sit with you. You're going to bring them into the conference room and you're going to literally sit down with them and ask them, you know, whether you're a ninja and, and I, and I just, I I just took ninja a couple of months ago and I'm, I I loved it, but I not, not to, not to, it's not, I'm not doing PR for ninja, but they ask 10 pertinent questions that you ask of people and that, you know, you go through this list of, of ultimately what are their goals and where do they want to be? And how are you going to effectively get them there? That will save you hours and hours, probably days of showing and, and at least hours of writing various contracts when you can drill down and exactly what they want. And they understand that if they're going to go after this property, it's not going to be here. It's going to be here. And you got to throw it all in for this property. If not, let's just sit back on the sidelines a minute and then we'll go back out and we'll go after another property. That was a big mouthful. I'm sorry, but- No, it wasn't. It
0: was great. Yeah.
1: Have a, have a strong consultation, have a list of questions prepared, ready to ask them. And then what we talked about at the very beginning of this interview, and and I'm a little old school, so maybe I have a piece of paper, but write a few things down as they're talking to you and say, if you don't mind, I'm going to take some notes here because I want to make sure that I'm hitting on all cylinders so that I get you the perfect house at hopefully the perfect price and probably more important than price right now is terms. So, So if you say that and you mean it and you live it, you're going to be a lot more successful on the buyer side of a transaction.
0: Exactly. No, I love that. Is buy and I'm gonna just add to that, the the opportunists that we both are, the better you represent and handle buyers, the buyers are like problems or pathways to opportunities. The buyers are the actual leverage and pathway to more listings when you leverage it correctly. A thousand
1: percent. A thousand percent. And and, and I don't even look at buyer or seller, or I look at network, right? And and it's almost like and I oh God, I could talk to you for hours about this. I think about, I think about building, building a successful career in real estate. And so many people balk at like, oh, well they want a 35% referral fee and they want this. But I look at it like social media. Like I have maybe a handful, maybe two handfuls of really close friends in my life. But if you look on Instagram or you look on, on Facebook, it's thousands and thousands, right? It's the same concept when you're, when you're meeting with a client you might pay a referral fee on this one transaction. And so many agents have that transactional mindset versus a relationship building mindset or a networking mindset. If you do that one transaction and you hustle and you do really well for this buyer, guess what? That whole buyer's sphere instantly becomes yours, right? You do a better job because exactly. everybody, every person, every human being I know has one horror story about an agent and 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 probably at least 80% of the time, it really wasn't the agent's fault. It was probably the client's fault, but I digress. But they have a horror story about a bad real estate experience. If you can give them a great real estate experience, you've just basically bundled up all of their friends and family and brought them into your sphere, which you, by the way, won't have to pay any referral fees on all of their friends and family, right?
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: People don't think like that. Agents don't think like that. It's such a, you know...
0: Well, it's, it's such funny a, because the top agents think like that. That's why. Oh no, no, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's, yeah. but
1: most the masses of agents that are struggling yeah. in, in any type of market don't so think true. that. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah. It is so true because I think it's, it's I think it's Brian Buffini mindset. That,
1: exactly, and 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 I think Brian Buffini said that the difference between thinking uh, transactionally and relationship building wise, mm-hmm. and, and and if you can just shift that in your brain. If you, you had to listen to this bald guy with a big nose for an hour here, right? If you get one thing from this, it's, it's, it's think about people more relationship building and, and about your network and about how you can help people and put out good energy. And I promise you, and that sounds probably Eastern medicine type so of Urui, but it's the truth. It and really and, and I'm telling you, every top, top producer that I meet, and I, I go to LA for, you know, I went for Level Up and, and we had so many agents from around the world at, at one summit that we hosted down here in Palm Beach and 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 the top of the top when you talk to them there's one thing that you'll notice they're genuinely listening to you and and entertained by you and they want to kind of pick your brain a little bit and there's a, such a, a there's such an art to relationship building and to, to to conversational art I guess you would call it that if more people learn that the sky's the limit. You
0: are so right. I mean, you've nailed that. Just sure. couldn't have, it's such a big truth. Okay, so the next question if there's a book, and if there's not one, make one up. Just kidding. Okay. What is a book that you would say you've got to read? Like lifelong book, like in your wow. life of books you've read, not some corny cliche book, unless you just want to. Um, what's a good book? A good read, so, novel. It so, could be a novel. It could not be a novel. Anything.
1: So because I because I drive around so much now, I've I've really gone. Well, that counts. And audible yeah, yeah, all right, as long as that counts. But, totally but I, counts. I, I, and I'm going to say this, and you're going to laugh because I could I could say Think and Grow Rich. I could say you know you know uh, uh, I, Which I could Seth I could name said by the 20. way, right? He, so well, he, so he that said would be three. The,
0: that was his third one. But go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. That yeah. would
1: be the proper answer, right? But I'm I'm gonna say something that might not be the proper answer. But I just I, I I just listened to it for the second time around. The subtle art of not giving a F. Oh, have
0: you, love have you, that book. Yeah, you, right. you so, can say fuck. I don't know. Maybe you can't, right. but I can. I <laughs> you know right, I'll that let you say it. that do I? I don't have it. Do I have no, I've already given too many of them away. That book. I remind people. You know, you can only give a F about so many things yeah be careful what you choose because like
1: that, that and that's what i mean and i don't mean look because no, exactly be, exactly it, 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 it,
0: it, <laughs> that's what the book means
1: it, it would fly in the face of everything i just said throughout this interview right yeah, because it's, it's being genuine and being authentic but but if you read the book the, the title's a little misconstrued because
0: fabulous
1: a, a, as you read the book it just means prioritize your life right and, yeah. and, and, and go after what you want to go after and don't, even more importantly, don't go after what you don't want to go after because there's a lot of negative nonsense out there, right? Especially now, and everything's changed so much since I was an agent. Like social media was, was a thing, but it wasn't everything that it is right now. And you see all these people on Instagram with, you know, <laughs> these fake lives that they live on Instagram. And, then, and, 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 and I always say to people, especially to agents, be authentic and, and and post all you want on Instagram and like live your life and like have this joyous daredevil life that you have on Instagram. But but at the end of the day, come home and say to yourself, "All right, what are, what are the key things that I want in my life, and how am I going to position myself if I'm not there yet to get there?" I do it every day. I still do it every day, and I listened to that for the second time, and I literally got twenty different things than I did the first time. So a, a book that entertains me and 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 any any anything that I would recommend and, and that I love and like a lot is something that when I go back and read it a second time, I have a completely different mindset than I did the first time. Right. I, I was the first yeah. time I, I, I read it. I was just kind of. And I'm never really in a bad mood, but I just was in a, a weird space <laughs> in my life. Right. I had just moved Which to really Florida. Made the
0: title appealing. I, right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I was I was in a weird place in my life. I had just I gave up my whole life up north and I came to Florida and I was like, okay, I'm here and I love it, but like, what's the next step of my life and where am I going to go here? And how do I, how do I continue to grow and build? And that was then. And then I literally just started listening to it again the other day, just because I was going through audible and I'm like, yeah, I want to listen to this again. And I got so much, uh, so much of another side. And I think that means that we're growing all the time and that I feel like I'm in a better place in my life than I may have been 10 months ago, but I listened again and I got even more from it. So that, that, Oh, it sounds but that like a your
0: big, well, it sounds like your biggest takeaway this time. I and mean, I actually just, I've been quoting Thomas Wright on this one lately because it's, it always comes back, but he says, he has said on his last interview on the show, he said, your success determines what you let distract you.
1: So, Oh my God. Never, never truer words have been spoken. And that's, I,
0: yeah.
1: I, I, I think about that daily because God, there's so much in life now. I, God bless kids nowadays. Like, I can't even, I, I can't even tell you if I had like some of the access that, mm-hmm. that kids have nowadays to things. And I, I have a, I have a, a nephew who's an unbelievable baseball player, one of the best in the country. He's in high school and they won the national championship last year. Wow. And he's Roman is, is uh, like, he's like, I'm so proud of him. i have like this beaming uncle when I talk about him, but I think about where he's gotten, and he's got a full ride to Ole Miss, and he's—it looks like a, a, a major league baseball career is in his in his future soon. And and but but I think about the level he's gotten to athletically and mentally, because baseball is a huge mental sport. And I think about where he's gotten with all the distractions around, and like I couldn't even I couldn't even focus on studying for a test when I had a television in front of me. And now they have everything on the internet, and every ask. social media yeah. platform and, and, and everything else. And it, it's, it's amazing. You have to be laser focused. And, and I think that's kind of what we're both saying is that like, there's distractions. There's always going to be, and that's why I love transcendental meditation too, because part of transcendental meditation is you can be in the heart of, you can be in the midst of chaos. And it, as long as you can close your eyes for 20 minutes, it's an art of being able to let all that madness go into your brain, but quickly go out of your brain too. And then you start to focus on what your intentions are and what your mindset is. And, 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 and you shift your brain almost to avoid all of those distractions. And that's what I love about it. Yeah. And I think about Roman doing that on a high level with baseball, but I think about all the best, I can't even imagine. I know how busy I am in a given day. I think about Mai and Daniel and all the different things that they have going on daily. You've got to be able to compartmentalize your life at such a high level when you get there agents, top agents. You've got 15 different clients wanting your attention and your time every single day. You have to be able to compartmentalize that and time block and, and do it right, right?
0: Well, and that comes back into the relevance. I keep quoting everybody today, but Warren Buffett, I don't know that one personally, but Warren Buffett says it's the time you spend thinking that makes the actions. That's how you determine the actions to make and what actions are going to get the outcome. quickly that make results and look at the guy he's like i don't know worth a few billion as we know he's done okay for himself yeah yeah, okay (laughs) exactly so i don't know his rankings is he still maybe elon musk my other boy maybe he's number one now yeah i think elon i think elon
1: took over that spot but it's it's either way it's either way but
0: the point is that that like or sharpening the saw you get it okay yeah or we get it So last question, and you kind of said this already, but your answer may have changed, is in our conversation today, of everything we've talked about for everybody listening, myself included, what do you hope that if we, if you know we're going to forget everything, what's the one thing you would hope we remember?
1: Well, I I mentioned earlier a couple of things. Um, Well, that's like, I think... I think the energy that you give off, listening, and the energy you give off—if you want to put it to that tool, it's that buyer consultation. As as a buyer's agent, I'm thinking of agents that are on the buyer side of transactions. It's so utterly pr- important right now. But ultimately, if if I if I could, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll do the my magic wand. Right, my magic wand coming from this, I would just say just just be an authentic, genuine person. Give off good energy every day because I just feel like look at the state of the world we're in right now with war and, and all the madness that's going on with the economy. And, 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 and I'm not a really super political person, so I'm not even going there. I just mean like, if every one of us consciously made a decision when our eyes open in the morning and when our feet first touch the floor, can we smile? And can we, can we do something each day to give out some good energy to a fellow human being? appreciate be better but, but like, yeah. how can I be better? How can I give off a little bit of good energy to, to my fellow humans? And, and, and honest to God, I, I remember as a kid wanting to entertain people and wanting to make people laugh and wanting to just make someone's day better. I've never, I've never changed in, in my goals in life. And that's to this day, I still want to do that. You know?
0: And I don't you know know if that what, answers see, your question. Properly, every time but. you say it, it's beautiful, because every time you say something, I can't help but add on to it because you got you get me thinking, which is why you're so you, you're so good at what you do because well, you're doing good. that for agents and companies. <laughs> but here is the add on: the add on yeah. is don't forget, as an individual, you have all the power in the world—not all of it, but you have. There is such power that each person holds. And in their actions and what they do every day, it's truly a domino effect. And if every yeah. single person owned that power that they have for what can I contribute, how can I grow? And how can I make it a better day? And how can I be better this week and tomorrow and yeah. what all of that? The 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 difference would be so unbelievable in the whole yeah. world. But we in and, yeah. and just the difference it makes in your own personal world, think and be yeah. and do that way.
1: I mean, yeah. that's what and, I just heard from you. It is. And it's look it's it'd be cliched to say, oh, the secret and do this and do that. But, but the reality is you, you go around secret? once. No, 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 no. I, I don't mean, but that, my, my point is we well, all I'm go around funny, one yeah. time. There, there's, there, I just It kills me when I see someone that's not like joyous in life, right? Because there's, there's enough, I'll say, it, there's enough shit going on in the world where it's like, you can get caught up in that really easy. I don't. I literally do not watch the news anymore. I can't. It, it, me it brings me, me down off of where I am right now. And I, yeah. I, I look online real quick, and I, I'm not, I'm not like shutting a, a blind eye to. Well, the must journal has but,
0: a summary, so you can touch on everything. As you and know, that's what I mean. It's, it's, yeah.
1: For, for me, it's like it, it, you know, I, I don't want to be this kumbaya guy and like be just preaching sunshine all the time. But the reality is. You go around once and you have two choices. You can wake up negative, you can wake up positive. I choose, consciously choose to like add some sunshine in the world, you know? And, why and I wouldn't think more you? people should do that, right?
0: What you focus on determines what you see, determines what you do, determines your outcome. Yeah. And I stole can part just- of that from Jordan Peterson.
1: <laughs> i i steal everything i have i steal from some i borrow from somebody but, all right, but i just in, in remember who i
0: borrowed all my stuff from yeah, right uh, yeah, yeah. I, I
1: i think here's what we I, I here's what i would leave this this conversation with you and i every morning at like 7 a.m i think we should call each other and just like tell each other how great we are <laughs> it's Perfect. gonna be a great day it's gonna be wonderful go kill it
0: And when it does suck, don't don't deny what does suck because you do have to see the problem because that is the pathway to the solution. But see it for the solution, not just to be distracted by the wrong things.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Really well said.
0: Chris, you're awesome. Thank you so much for being on. It's so good to see you. Of course.
1: Yeah, likewise. You're incredible. And I'm really, really happy we were able to do this. Hopefully we're going to do this a lot more.
0: Oh, we better. Thanks for listening to the Jerry Metcalf Podcast your top real estate agents, tell how they do it. If you like this episode, please share it with friends. To find more episodes, search Jerry Metcalf podcast on any platform for podcasts, or go to jerrymetcalfpodcast.com. That's J-E-R-E-M-E-T-C-A-L-F podcast.com.